The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is May 2nd, 2017. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. As always, my co-host, Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army Retired. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary. And as always, it's great to be with you. All right. Thank you, Bill. Bill, we had another great show last week, didn't we? Yeah, we had <laughs> Yeah, it was. We had Anthony Cancinosi. Uh, uh, is that correct, Bill? I just want to... Cancelosi, President and CEO for Columbia Lighthouse for the Blind. They are a mission-driven community resource for the blind and visually impaired community of Greater Washington. With vision health screening, independent living skills training, and employment services, CLB provides customized services for improving the well-being and independence of the community it serves. Don't forget to sign up for their Shot in the Dark on May 17th golf event and dinner classic. Go to www. CLB.org for more information. If you happen to miss the live show, you can always hear the complete show on the archive section of the American Heroes Network.com. <laughs> Bill, do you have any news for us this morning? Well, yes, Gary. We have a follow up uh, to a story that uh, we presented last week concerning uh, a proposal. Now, and that's the operative word that the uh, the U.S. House uh, Committee on uh, Veterans Affairs were uh, contemplating, uh, let's call it an assessment, on uh, incoming uh, uh, servicemen and women of $100 per month uh, for two years uh, to uh, defray the cost of their educational benefits, $2,400. Wow. So uh, uh, since our last uh, broadcast, the House Committee now has decided it is uh, uh, discontinuing any discussion on requiring our service members to pay into the GI Bill. Now, as you know, Gary, this is the uh, post-9-11 GI Bill, which has uh, had a tremendous positive impact on our men and women who served on and after 9-11 uh, to uh, proceed with uh, getting their education uh, starting or completing. And uh, this didn't set well in the veterans community uh, yeah. among the veterans service organizations and, and other organizations to uh, uh, be uh, going to the route of assessing 
are incoming men and women uh, a $100 uh, amount each month for 24 months. So uh, they are sort of uh, stepping back and uh, looking at this a little bit closer. And uh, hopefully we won't hear any more about this, Gary. Yes, definitely. All right. I'll tell you what, we do have uh, quite a show for you today. We're going to continue on with our show. Ladies and gentlemen, we have an exciting show. It's called the Bird's Eye View Project. It will bring high-level awareness to the extreme needs of veterans and first responders by incorporating extreme sports, extreme stunts, and extreme stories. Bill, you have the honor of introducing our guests. And, Gary, uh, we uh, this is certainly uh, an honor uh, to introduce these four gentlemen with us today, uh, uh, outstanding patriots who served this country. Ryan Birdman Parrott. Uh, Ryan is a former SEAL, Navy SEAL, and founder of the Bird's Eye View Project. We've also got Jacob Schick, United States Marine Corps and Executive Director of 22 Kill, John Wayne Walding, former Green Beret, and Omar Crispy Avila, Army veteran. Wah. Welcome to the American Heroes Network, gentlemen. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank Good. you. Thank you for having us. Good morning. Pleasure. Good morning. All right. Ryan, I guess we, what we can do is start from the beginning. Where, where did you get this idea for the, uh, the Bird's Eye View Project, and what's the goal of the organization? Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you having us today. You know, the whole idea with the Bird's Eye View Project, it's been a long time coming, but there are so many veteran and first responder charities that are popping up around the country right now. Right. Um, and it's just, there's so many that it's difficult to get the awareness out there about you know, which ones are actually making impact. Um, and it's very difficult when you're a small, brand-new charity to actually get your name out there because you don't have a marketing budget. And so the idea from us was if we could collaborate with different organizations, uh, my personal belief is that there are three pieces to making a charity whole, and that's funding, awareness, and partnerships. So if we get all three of those, um, we'll be rocking and rolling. So we collaborate with other charities that are doing incredible work that legitimately are impacting the people they take care of. And uh, we partnered to do one national fundraiser together, um, hopefully turning this into a TV series. And so that's really the concept was just putting a, an independent marketing arm together to not only show the charities incredible work and will, but also to let them tell their story raw and authentically. Um, and then bring a cast of characters in to actually talk about this charity and then go knock out that adventure or that extreme sport or that stunt with them. So when you mentioned earlier, we got guys like Jacob Schick, who is the executive director of 22 Kill currently, um, John Wayne Walding, former Green Beret, and then Crispy or Omar Avila. Um, these guys, you know, they've, they've been injured in the war. They've gotten back on their feet and then absolutely crushed life now. And the stories aren't always getting out there, and that's a, a missed opportunity for people who might be struggling or uh, people who just want to see something real. There's too much garbage on TV today, and so this is a time for us to really show not just hope but actually show the real resources that are out there and the impact that these unbelievable people are making. That's pretty much uh, the nutshell of Birds of View Project. Does that make sense? 
Oh, sure does. Sure does. How are you going to qualify these organizations that, uh, that you're going to help out? So what they've already been qualified. We actually started out initially with uh, 50 of them, and uh, we had them all independently audited from a very distinguished organization out of Dallas, Texas. And so the idea was if they uh, would write a grant or um, accept a grant from these charities, then that would be good for us to work with them. Um, I also had the uh, luxury of knowing about 90% of them, um, so it was good to start, but we had them all independently audited before we uh, started. And then we whittled that down from 50 to what we have currently, 8. And so this first run, we're starting with 8 so that we know we're doing it right, and then as we grow this, we can start to add more to the mix. Uh, they'll go through the same procedures. We always have a standard, and then we'll continue to uh, push their awareness out there and do big things with them. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, I, I gather that, uh, is Jacob with us right now? Jacob is walking in the door in about five minutes. He got okay. caught in this uh, traffic. I don't know if you've watched the news the last couple of days. We've been having some uh, crazy stuff happening with shootings and that in Dallas and, and Austin. So it's, uh, yeah. uh, everybody's on high alert, and there's been traffic everywhere because of it. So he'll be in here. But we got John Wayne Walding and uh, Omar Avila right. here. Okay. Well, John, why don't you tell us about um, uh, what type of injuries you, you received well, in the war and, and basically how the organization, the project organization, can help amputees like yourself. Well, I was, um, <clears throat> excuse me, was in the military for 12 years. You know, I always start out by saying my name is John Wayne, born on 4th of July, and I was a Green Beret. So it's, it's, it's kind of hard, you know, if God ever put it in black and white what to do, he did it for me, right? And, right. and uh, <laughs> I always say, you probably think I was taller after everybody introduces me. But it's like, what? This guy's 5'9". But, I, you know, I spent the majority of my military career in 3rd Special Forces Group uh, as a Green Beret. And, and um, I got shot in 2008 in a uh, mission in Afghanistan. And to spare you the long story about the mission and what all it did, but specifically with me, the my injuries uh, ultimately... Um, ended up in me being a right baloney amputee and uh due to that the post injury uh i guess you can say success that i've had is i was the first amputee to ever graduate green beret sniper school i uh ran the army 10 mile while i was still in the military and and uh here recently just ran the dallas half marathon and completed the baton death march uh, which is one of the hardest marathon routes in the world with 45 pounds on my back, you know, and it's, I, I owe everything that, you know, all the success that I've had physically, you know, due to the, the care and the support of, of, of Americans that we've had. Uh, you know, I was medevaced to Walter Reed Medical Center. This was before, you know, San Antonio had the BAMC and, and the Center for the Intrepid, and so I, I went to Walter Reed, and it's just absolutely fundamentally, you know, a, a great place for, for guys to get better. Uh, you know, the thing I always say is if a guy wants to get better, they, they can. Uh, you know, the, the, the mental part of us getting better, you know, you owe it to the fallen to live well. That's something that I've, I've definitely dealt with, you know, in the military, you know, spe- specifically in special operations, right? You know, they, they teach you how to deal death, but not necessarily how to deal with it. And with the adversity that I had, you know, being a, an amputee and having traumatic brain injury from being blown up and falling off mountains and getting shot and bleeding out for four or five hours. You know, that's, that's all physical stuff that we, we, we as operators have to overcome. But 
4 o'clock in the morning phone call that, hey, Ryan Savard got it, he's not coming home. You know, that 8 p.m. phone call when you're at your son's basketball practice that, hey, Willie Lovers just died and he's not coming home. You know, there's 30 names that are embroidered on the center console of my truck, and, and that's of people that are no longer with us. And, you know, I don't take their deaths lightly. <clears throat> and and the, the one thing that I keep saying is every time that, you know, I, I get that phone call that, you know, they don't have the choice to be awesome. We do. So, you know, we owe it to them. That's a bill that we owe is to, you know, be the absolute best that we can be. That's true. Very, very true. Uh, and uh, suppose you know, bring it circling back to the bird's eye view project. That's just absolutely, you know, what helps us do that. You know, the the fundamental, you know, necessity to being a part of something bigger than yourself, right? That's what the bird's eye view project brings to us veterans to know that hey, just because you're out of the military and you're, you know, you're no longer wearing that uniform, you know, still doesn't mean that you can't serve your country. Because that was, you know, you don't become a green beret because you like serving your country. You do it because you love it, and being a civilian, you know that that what are you going to do? Say hello to people at Walmart? <clears throat> Excuse me. You know that, that's that's an honest job, but from you know coming from where we uh, where we are, it's just that's a, a tough pill to swallow. And and so that bird's eye view project gives veterans like myself, Omar and Jake and and Ryan, you know, that gives us that that north star, right? That that north sea canero, that part of being something bigger than yourself. To hey, we may not be able to have wear the uniform, but you know. By goodness, we're going to be able to raise a bunch of awareness and help a lot of other people. All right. And I remember listening to one of the videos and uh, said the excitement uh, uh, at first was the, the firefights, but now they're not there anymore. You're back home. And uh, uh, now the excitement lies with the project, correct? This? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I fundamentally believe that, you know, I have probably done more to serve my country not wearing my uniform, but by wearing the Bird's Eye View Project shirt, you know, being able to absolutely know that w the actions that we do together is just going to fundamentally change other veterans' lives. And, I mean, brother, what else do you need, right? I mean, that's, that's just a great, great feeling to have. That's true. All right. And Bill? Well, gentlemen, uh, you know, just listening uh, to what you've said so far and being at your website, I'm, I'm at the website right now. You know, our, our great country does a lot in preparing us to defend this nation. Uh, we, they do an excellent job. Uh, however, I think uh, when we return the home and community, uh, that's another story. Uh, reintegrating back to home and community uh, after serving on the battlefield in combat is uh, is not an easy thing to do. Uh, but, you know, and I've come to the conclusion that the greatest void that we suffer from is uh, the void of information, the knowledge and the understanding of what to do and how to do it, how to access it when we come back and uh, we're back in our homes and our communities. And I think that this is an admirable project to be able to connect. And I think the most important thing here, or one of the most important things, is being able to network with other organizations around the country. And there are a whole lot there that uh, that are there. We know from the broadcast that we have that would dovetail right into 
what you what you are attempting to do. So, um, uh, uh, what's your thought about information and not being available in our veteran community? Well, I'll tell you. You know, this is Ryan Parrott. So, I think there is a ton of information that's out there, but when somebody is struggling internally it's very difficult for them to want to go seek the information. It's very difficult for somebody to talk about their emotions first off. And so they don't want to go to that place. Um, But then again, when you you talk about the information deal, at the end of the day, there's a lot of information, but there's no pipeline. It's not like one standard deal when you're out processing out of the military and they're giving you a packet of papers and that's pretty much your exit package where you know this is what I have to do for VA, this is what I have to do for uh, school, this is what I have to do for just making sure my transfer is complete, all these things. But when you're out and you start struggling and then you finally say, okay, I need help, uh, it is very difficult to navigate the system. There's just not one stop shop. Um, So that's why, and we don't believe that we're the only and the end-all, be-all cause, but ultimately what we're trying to teach everybody is that, first of all, here's the stories that you didn't know. These are the most uh, empowering stories of people who have actually been helped. Secondly, here are the charities that have helped them. These are some of the most pioneering organizations that we believe truly are going to be around for the next 100 years to be able to help soldiers and first responders. And then thirdly, just the information digest. This is exactly where you go, um, and we have resources, and we also have partnerships but collectively teaching other charities that are just starting out or charities that have been in existence for over 50 years, that partnership is absolutely the cure. You know, we're a, you know we, we are partnered with Sons of the Flag, who is a burn foundation for burn survivors, and they help with burn care, but if that burn patient has an amputation or has post-traumatic stress or mental health issues, that's not something that organization covers down on, so they absolutely need those partnerships. Well, through our little work here um, at Birds of View Project, we have partnerships in multiple different facets of injuries so that we really do have a good network. When we bring a patient in, if um, they're seeking help, they can go through the gambit. You know, it's, you think about essentially walking into the Bird's Eye View Project pinball machine, and there's charities at every corner, and as you fall down, you bump into each one of them, just getting a little bit of help. So, you know, ultimately this will grow over time to where we're really just becoming more of a vetting process for other charities and then sharing their stories. And like John Wayne said, you know, if you change one veteran's life or a first responder's life, it's worth everything in our life. And now we are an awareness campaign, so we maximize that and we help multiple, if not thousands of people over our lifetime. I mean, there is nothing more in life more rewarding. And, you know, like we all say, it's, you know, we're doing more for our country now out of uniform than in. Um, but I'm pretty sure that John Wayne here and uh, Omar Avila have done a hell of a lot for their uh, <laughs> for our country in uniform too. So I just gave a leg, but I mean, what, who's counting? <laughs> I got another one. <laughs> right? Is Omar with us? Yeah, yeah I'm right here. Uh, hi, Omar. Good morning. Uh, Good morning. As long as they were they were talking about uh, uh, the burn injuries. Now you had some burn injuries as a result of an IED. Why don't you tell us a story about that? Also, how it, you feel about the project, uh, the Bird's Eye View project, and how it's going to help uh, uh, other burn victories of uh, victims like yourself. Um, so yeah, so I was wounded in 2007 in Iraq. Uh, 200 pound deep air IED uh, hit our vehicle, and as um, 
As a result of that, I sustained 75% burns to the body, third and fourth degree burns. Uh, at the time, I had only lost, um, there was a partial amputation on my right foot. <clears throat> and, you know, we tried to do limb salvage for about almost nine years. And uh, this past August, uh, I just said I was done with it and uh, ended up amputating uh, below the knee as well. And um, so the foundation, going back to it and how it gives back, um, you know, I was I was fortunate enough. I found my niche, which was heading back to the gym, uh, getting in shape, just kind of encouraging people um, in a way that you know that I in a way that I knew and I loved, and it was just going to the gym and, and people watching me lift and um, you know really seeing me doing things that are physically possible for something and and, and just inspiring others to do was one of the greatest things because, you know, we tied back into the, uh, to uh, Sons of the Flag because there's, there's millions of people out there that are burned and probably never thought they could do what I'm doing. So me being a lead from the front and showing them they can do whatever they want, even if, if it has to be, um, you know, they got to cater it to themselves or got to find some sort of way to do it, they can still do it and go out there and do whatever they want. There's no... You know that there's no limit uh, to what we can accomplish. That's true. Very, very true. Bill. Well, uh, this is interesting. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, some of the challenges? Uh, you know that um, folks such as yourself. Uh, uh, who've served, uh, they're, they're uh, experiencing and trying to get help in their in their local communities. And I'm talking about from the medical standpoint. I mean, uh, you know, the, we all hear about the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, but we also hear about some of the troubles there uh, in, in trying to get help and assistance. So um, how uh, have you been able to direct uh, uh folks in a similar circumstance to uh, to, to get uh, uh, help with their conditions? Well, I guess this is Ryan Parrott. I'll take the lead on this one. I'll let these guys talk about their, their personal views. But, you know, I think personally the reason that you're seeing so many veteran and first responder charities, well, veterans particularly charities popping up, is because the VA is doing the job. It's not cutting the, not cutting uh, whatever that saying is. It's just not doing the job, you know, Everyone in this room is a Purple Heart recipient, and we've all had our dealings with the VA. Um, but ultimately, I don't believe that charities would exist if the government was fully funding the aftercare, the rehabilitation of soldiers who get wounded in action. And, um, you know, it's just, it is what it is. It's, uh, it's sad, but it's also it's wonderful to see how many American patriots are stepping up to the plate to support our veterans um, around the country. And, these charities are the prime examples of it. So, you know, when we look at it now, we have these charities that have been around. Some of them are newer, but they're still impacting in a big way. And th that's your resource right there. That's a place that you can go, and there's not a whole lot of red tape behind it. Okay, you know, Omar, he has visual burns on his skin. We know he's injured. We know we got to help him. John Wayne is missing a leg. He's going to have issues with uh, amputation in, in these legs. As they progress, he's still going to have uh, issues. I don't want to say limitations because these guys don't know limitations at all. But there are still things. So giving them these options and saying, well, here is a place to go, open arms, um, and then you just can whittle through it and get the help that you actually need 
um, not have to wait, you know, 20 years to get seen and not have to pay for it, things like that. It's just, okay, i got to go get fixed. I'm going to do it. I'm going to put the work in, and then I'm going to get back to normal life. And then hopefully I become an ambassador for these organizations because they help me. They can help others. Uh, so that's really the stair step thing. And, you know, I know that, there, you know, Trump's in office right now, and he's going to be making things change everywhere, uh, shape or form, cares about our veterans, cares about our, our active duty. And so we'll see uh, an uptick in medical care. But these charities aren't going away. These charities have established themselves in a way to know that they're not only a resource and, and actual physical care or mental care, but they're also friends. And so it's a place where we can all go and feel comfortable uh, being around people who are, you know, like injured or just like-minded, uh, share our stories, and then just go get a hard workout in or go get some rehabilitation or just, you know, go get a hug, whatever it may be, uh, and then go kick butt for the rest of the day. So does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely, and I and I I just like to follow up with this because I, I I'm sure that families, the the the, the nuclear families of uh, uh, folks who serve, uh, uh, they get impacted by this. And uh, how does their role in in a very positive way help uh, to to get past this uh, situation? Not necessarily getting past it right away, but to to work along. And being supportive of uh, men and women who've served and have these kinds of uh, conditions. Uh, this is John Wayne. I, I feel I could take lead on this since I have about four kids and and. <laughs> oh, for, for sure. I got plenty of experience sure. that I know of. Yeah, I got two kids uh, pre-injury and two kids post-injury, so I got two more infidels just getting shot. So that's a good middle finger to the Taliban, isn't it? <laughs> But uh, all kidding aside, you know, the family aspect is absolute paramount to a soldier or sailor airman marine's, you know, recovery. You know, there in my mind was that North seeking arrow of, of you know, what, what does right look like? And, um, you know, a quick little story about, you know, with me, whenever I was in Walter Reed as an outpatient, you know, Special Operations Command provided a two-bedroom uh, two apartment for myself and my family. Well, you know, the kind of going back into how we are all medicated, right? Everybody knows what a Percocet is. You know, Percocet is 325 milligrams of acetaminophen, which is pretty much Tylenol, and 5 milligrams of Oxycontin. Well, I was getting prescribed 80 milligrams of straight Oxy three times a day. Oh, and that could just, and this is, again, an outpatient, and, and I never will forget me being uh, just zoned out, and because I'm a good parent, my, you know, two-year-old son was you know, standing on top of our, you know, uh, uh, coffee table. Well, uh, he went to fall, and his father went to go catch him. Well, I forgot that I didn't have a leg, so I stepped right on my stump and fell, and so my stump's bleeding and doing that, and I'm, you know, my son's crying because he fell. And you know, right then and there is when I realized that, uh, you know, they didn't go to war; I did, so they shouldn't have to suffer. And uh, that was the last time that I took narcotics, and I quit all the, you know, the heavy stuff. And you know, I figured out I could either be myself and hurt a little bit, or I could be zoned out and watch my kid fall. And you know, again, that that's never going to happen again. So that's a perfect example of how the, you know, the family can absolutely keep you, you know, in check and absolutely keep your head right and know that you're, you're focused in the right direction. 
All right. Well, we're going to take a short break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guests, uh, Ryan Birdman, and Jacob, John Wayne, and Omar. And they're with the Birds I View Project. Now, uh, we have uh, Jacob with us right now. And Jacob, why don't you tell us a little bit about your injuries during the war and what led you to focus on the veteran suicide prevention, especially with uh, uh, Kill-22? Yeah, uh, so I'm a amputee BK right leg, and uh, I've had multiple compound fractures in my left leg and my left arm. I lost five inches of ulna and then part of my left hand. And uh, broke all my ribs, and I had minor uh, burns on my neck, my right arm, and uh, shrapnel to my face and neck. And uh, my shatterproof lenses shattered, so I couldn't <laughs> see on my right eye for three months. Um, and then, of course, the most debilitating injuries were uh, PTS and TBI. And so the reason I got focused on 22 kill was because you know, I turned 35 uh, about a week ago, and I've been to more funerals from suicide than I have from uh, warriors in combat. And so when I was approached a couple years ago and asked to take the helmet 22 kill, I jumped on it because it's something that means a lot to me and uh, lots of to the brothers that I know that were all, all combat guys and those that aren't. And it's something that uh, is plaguing our community and, you know, the reason that we focus on awareness first is because a common problem remains a common problem until it becomes common knowledge. And that's with anything, just like the AIDS epidemic or cancer, 
until it affected someone with money and or power, nothing was done about it. And suicide is just a word until it affects you personally. And so that's why uh, we've been hyper-focused on the awareness piece of it, and um, we're moving on to preventative measures through traditional treatment and training and non-traditional uh, treatment and training. So uh, that's where we are now. All right. And, Bill, I know you have a question on this. Yeah, you saw my hand waving in the back, right? <laughs> yes, I did. I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 well uh, Jake, uh, welcome to the uh, to the broadcast. And uh, uh, it's admirable of you to take that project on. Uh, you know, and this is something that's close and near and dear to my heart uh, with, with suicides uh, in the, in the, uh, for those of us, us who have served. And I, I, I wonder sometimes if we are adequately covering the, the real uh, depth of uh, suicides uh, in the veteran community. Uh, you probably know uh, this all came about as a study that the uh, uh, U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs did in, uh, I think it was 2012, when they requested uh, uh, all of the states to provide information on uh, suicides uh, and the demographics of it, especially with uh, with veterans in the state, we got 21 states to uh, report. 29 didn't report, and in those 29, uh, three of the most popular states with uh, um, uh, where veterans are: California, Florida, and Texas. They didn't uh, report at all. So. Um, uh, you know, it's it, it's a question in, in my mind, and I guess in a lot of minds, is are we getting to all of those individuals uh, and ag- adequately reporting this? Because in many cases, uh, a person uh, passes away or, uh, and may take their life, and it, it isn't recorded as is uh, a suicide. But um, this is something that's so important. And that, to me personally, uh, because a lot of these suicides have, have come out across the spectrum of all of the conflicts that we've been in, and from Vietnam in particular, what, 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 what really concerns me is that during the war in Vietnam that I served in, uh, 58,210, maybe a few more were killed on the battlefield, but because of our inability to reintegrate back in the home and community, we've exceeded that number by way of suicides in uh, uh, in the community greater than we lost on the uh, uh, on the battlefield in Vietnam. So uh, uh, it, it's so important. I think that uh, what you're doing with the 22 Kill Project is is so important to get that word out. And you know, I've also discovered with Women veterans, uh, their uh, suicide rate is six times greater than it is for their counterparts uh, who didn't serve in the in our communities. So um, uh, it, it's a it, it's a it's a concern that's uh, that's very important, and that you to be commended uh, about that. So I'm just wondering. Uh, do you get information in terms of how this progress is going on as far as the suicides are concerned? 
I'm not sure I understand the question. Do I get the information of the Yeah, I mean, in terms progress? of how we're progressing with suicide prevention, the kinds of things that uh, uh, we can uh, uh, put out as advice and information uh, for oh, those. Oh, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got you. Yeah, I mean, you know, the VA did another study, and we all know the number's higher, but we can only prove what the government did because we don't have the resources, obviously, to go do uh, a massive study like the VA did. And, and again, we, it, the government did it, so we know it's not accurate. But uh, we, this, the VA did another study in August of uh, 2016, and they said that the average number is down to 20. Now, again, just like you said, and you made a great point, a lot of them go unreported, and a lot of these warriors are not even in the VA system. And so... Unfortunately, it's not an accurate number, and we know that over 50% of that 22 a day are Vietnam veterans. You're absolutely right. And uh, it's unfortunate because they don't have, seem to have nearly the resources that post-9-11 and Gulf War veterans have. And so we got to do a better job at reaching out to our Vietnam brethren, male and female alike. And uh, that's something that we're hyper-focused on, and we're working on creating new programming uh under the roof of 22 Kill, that we can expand nationwide to bridge the gap between our Vietnam and post 9 11 warriors because we all believe that, you know, if you served, it didn't matter when or where or how, if you wore the uniform, your family, and that's the way it should be. That's what makes our military the best in the world. And not only that, but at the same time, we have to, you know, every eight hours we have a, a firefighter dying by suicide, and then every 18 hours we have a law enforcement officer dying by suicide. And so, this is not only an epidemic in the warrior community; it's an epidemic in the first responder and in law enforcement community as well. And so, it's something that we're trying to expand our reach to where we can put all these service personnel together and say, you know, hey, we don't know a lot, but we know this: this life is worth living. It's not worth living alone. So let's get together and put our heads together and just see what we can come up with to make this process um, a, a much more manageable one because, uh, unfortunately, these guys and gals go through horrific and see horrific things, Only not only in the combat zone, but like you referred to as the women. You know, there's they go through a lot, and they don't have near the resources either because there's not nearly as many women in the military as there are men. And so it's something that... Uh, it, it is a very, very, very challenging equation, and it's something that we are definitely attacking every day, but we will move this mountain if only a pebble at a time. It will get done. But, um, you know, we can't do it alone. That's why we're thankful for Bird's Eye View and all the other partners that we've got because we're never going to do anything on our own worth writing about. And the only, thing, the only time something like that happens is when a group of collective individuals come together that are driven by the same passion and purpose with the same mission and have that tribe-like mindset, then then we will do things worth writing about. Absolutely, Jacob. And uh, two things I'd like to bring to your attention, uh, uh, and I think if I'm uh, reading this correctly, you guys are based out of Texas. Uh, we have a contact in Round Rock, which I think is not far from Austin, it's called the Veteran Suicide Prevention Channel. They're up and operating on the uh, uh, the VA's uh, uh, website, and um, they're providing programming that's working pretty much in the direction uh, that uh, uh, what you've discussed. 
and uh, when you talk about the um, the first responders in the civilian community, uh, there's an organization. As a matter of fact, this week it started. Yesterday, they're having their international congress, of which they do every every two years. It's called the International Critical Incident Stress Foundation, and uh, who uh, is uh, operates primarily assisting uh, in the first responder community, primarily with um, tsunamis, air crashes, uh, bad weather situations. So this is a part of the networking process that I think it might be available to you. And uh, their websites, uh, uh, you know, you can access them uh, uh, fairly easily. That's good info to have. appreciate it. Yeah, and they would love the, to broadcast the uh, videos that, that I saw on your site, uh, which is phenomenal. Really great. Now, Well, thank you. Sure, and what we can do is, uh, you know, after the show, keep in contact with Ryan. Ryan, we're going to keep in contact with you, and uh, that way we can make it a point to happen, okay? Absolutely. All right. Now, Ryan, what's the importance? How do you feel the importance of social media is to the success of the Bird's Eye View project? Well, I mean, just like anything else, I mean, it's extremely important. Like I said in the beginning of this, there is, you know, how do you get awareness out there? I mean, it's word of mouth referral or it's spending a ton of money in marketing. And social media is an easy way and a free way to actually get your word out there. And each one of these organizations that we're working with have incredible and compelling stories um, but they get clouded in, in the social media world because there's so much, so many other things from, a, you know, a 12-year-old kid who pulls off a really cool skateboard stunt to, you know, a dog that has, you know, won some gold medal somewhere to Kardashian crap. And so there is, there's, an, oh, there's just too much content out there, and most of it's junk. And so really utilizing effectively social media to get our awareness out there and like 22 kills done for instance they have their 22 push-up challenge um, an incredibly effective way to market that their organization exists so that you know like bringing it back to why this whole project started it's simply because if there's a veteran struggling with whatever injury it may be and they're in a different part of the country and we're located here and we've got the fix for them well how are they going to get the fix if we don't know they're struggling and they don't know we exist and so That's we correct. have to keep pushing as hard as we can collectively, and like Jacob Shez said, one tribe, one fight, uh, together to get this thing out there, to tell everybody about these ex- organizations that exist and how they can get help. And I really want to you know, take this into this event that we have coming up, if we can, uh, to gain oh, for some, sure. you know, press and also to get as many people as we can. So we got this event, we always try to, you know, highlight the charities that we're supporting and do something to elevate some awareness. Um, so we are teaming up with Prestonwood Baptist Church, which is in Plano, Texas. Um, you can't miss the church. You can see it, I think, from, uh, from the moon. It's a pretty big, big church. But anyway, it's called Prestonwood Baptist Church. <laughs> and they have been super, super great, gracious to us to open up their arms and their space to us. And our idea is we want to tell people about what Jacob and his team are doing at 22 Kill. And we want the awareness to get out there. Now, they've been very successful at doing the 22 Push-Up Challenge. It's gone viral. You've seen it. It still continues to go viral across the world. Um, but we want to make sure that doesn't get lost, you know, that it doesn't trickle down or stop. 
And so we're calling all hands, all veterans, all first, com- uh, first responders, everybody, even around the country, but mostly in Dallas, Texas, and around the surrounding cities of Plano, to come in and join in with us an attempt at the world record for the 22 push-up challenge. We're trying to get a minimum of 2,200 people together to knock out 22 push-ups for veteran suicide and awareness. And, you know, we're very, very excited uh, to do this with them uh, because they're going to have a luncheon afterwards for uh, all the veterans and first responders. But ultimately, we're going to go live with this. We're going to tell everybody what we're doing. We're going to go viral again. And that's just that many more people from kids to adults that know that there is a, the, this uh, epidemic out there of veteran suicide. Um, and then also there's someone who is stepping up to actually fix this problem and to partner with other organizations to fix the epidemic. So this is going down uh, May 31st, and it's from 10 to 11 a.m., at Prestonwood Baptist Church in Plano, Texas. Uh, we'll open up just before 10 a.m. to get everybody in, so I'd say be, be there by 9 a.m., 9.30, to get through the gate because we're going to be counting numbers to make sure we hit that 2,200 minimum. Uh, that would be awesome if we had 22,000 people there, and I really suggest everybody listening to you come, bring your friends, bring your family, tell every single person about it. Uh, let's get as many people packed in there as possible. We're doing push-ups on, on top of each other. And then we're going to knock out 22 push-ups, and Jacob's going to tell his testimony, and Jacob's going to talk about why this is so important that 22 kill not only exist, but to grow to being this prominent organization out there to combat veteran and first responder uh, suicide. So I encourage everybody to come. Like I said, it's at 10 to 11 a.m. It's an hour out of your day to support our veteran community um, and the issues they're dealing with. Not a big deal. It's a big deal to learn about it, but not a big deal to show up. Uh, for an hour of your time to support uh, men and women who've gone over there and, and seen some horrible stuff and are, are currently dealing with it. Uh, goal is to set the world record, 2,200 people knocking out 22 push-ups. This is all going to be filmed for the Bird's Eye View product that will later be completed as a TV series. And so you'll be able to see, hopefully if you show up, you'll be able to see yourself on the big screen someday uh, shortly. The location is Graham Field, which is right outside the actual church. And the registration is free. So ultimately, we're giving you every opportunity uh, to show up. So if you don't show up, we'll come hump, hunt you down and kick your butt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Tell us a little bit more about the series. I mean, is, is this going to be an ongoing thing? Uh, is this going to be a weekly or, or monthly? Or? So our goal is we're actually wrapping up this uh, uh, specific episode, and then we're going to be shopping this around to different networks to put this thing on the TV um, that could be a multiple of different ways. That could be actually on cable TV, too. It could be on you know, on Netflix or Roku. Or it, it's about what is going to get the most reach. And so it's not about money for us. It's not about you know making this series go and becoming famous. It is about the reach of the stories that we're telling. And so whatever way we find um, to be the highest reach, that's where we're going to go with. But ultimately, you can see an episode looking like this. Uh, for instance, we'll just use 22 Kill as an example. The first deal about, there's three parts to each episode. The first part being we come in and we talk to the charity and let the charity tell their story raw and authentically. It, they started it. They run it. Why would we want to actually give them anything to talk about other than what they do for a living? So let's give them real content. Let's give the viewer real content about what they're doing. Because if you're a veteran or first responder or somebody who does something worth anything bigger than yourself, you know that 
having something canned versus telling it the way you want it to, it, it, this is the only way to do it. So we're going to let them tell their story the way they want it being told to the public. The second phase would be our cast of characters, which is Jacob Schick, Omar Vila, John Wayne Walding, Jeff Houston, and myself coming together and saying, okay, what can we do for this organization to highlight them in a big way? Um, we like to do big things because we've learned that through extreme sports and through things that we've done in the service and after service, the bigger you go, the bigger return you get. So that's what we'll discuss on camera is what can we do collectively, put our brains together, what's that going to look like? And then the third act would be the big pinnacle piece, which would be going out and doing the world record 22 push-up challenge. Now, I can't give everything away because this hasn't been released as a TV series yet, but there are some really, really heartstrings things within there. There are some really emotional ties within there, and then there are some unbelievable, unbelievably powerful and happy things that you'll see. And it's everything that a viewer would want to watch. You know, I want to feel good. I want to see what the soldiers going through, what they've been through and what they're going through and how they've gotten back to their feet. I want to see that day to day. I don't, you know, it's just how do they get there? Well, we're going to show you. We're going to break that down. Okay, they went through some horrible stuff, but I want to see that there's light at the end of the tunnel for these guys and girls. And then I want to see them absolutely go out and crush something together. And we're going to see all of that here. And so that really is the Bird's Eye View Project, uh, the 22 kill episode, minus all the fruitful stuff that we're just going to leave for once it's released, but ultimately that's what we're going to do. And the goal here is to highlight each one of these charities, get them as big as we possibly can with our efforts, not that they, they all existed before the Bird's Eye View Project, so we're just trying to elevate them the best that we can as an independent marketing arm for them. And then watch them grow and continue to support them and be like Jacob Schick says, one tribe, one fight. And then once we have completed this first project, we're going to look at what does Project 2 look like and what does Project 3 look like because there are going to be other injuries, there are going to be other things that happen, and we've got to be there to help our brother and out. So, you know, we're not going anywhere. We will fight to make sure we don't go anywhere um, and only grow uh, the awareness. So that's essentially Bird's Eye View Project and kind of a nutshell is what it would look like on the TV. All right. Well, gentlemen, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, what I'd like to do at this point is provide about maybe 30, 45 seconds for each one of you uh, that maybe share something uh, with our listeners in closing. And why don't we start off with uh, Jacob? Yeah, uh, I would just like to say that, you know, anything we're doing should be hard, uh, but it's not worth doing alone. As far as being the executive director for 22 Kill, I just want to let people know that we can't do this without your support. It's been a grassroots effort uh, from around the country and beyond that has really gotten 22 Kill to where it is and gotten the awareness to where it is. And uh, I just want to personally thank everyone out there who's willing to be a part of something that's bigger than themselves because without their participation and without their effort, uh, none of it would be possible. So I just want to thank them, uh, warrior or not, thank them for that and uh, say thank you for having that one tribe, one fight mentality. I appreciate it, and so does uh, everybody at 22 Kill. All right. And now we're going to, how about John Wayne? One thing that I'd like to say is how, I, you know, pretty much what I said before is you, to all the guys that are out there with that compass spinning and, and you feel like Captain Jack Sparrow on Pirates of the Caribbean, you don't know where to go, 
you know, you owe it to the fallen to live well. If, you know, if they matter that much to you, where you got the boo-boo lip out where you're drinking every day, well, you, Dad Gummit, you owe it to him to be the best that you absolutely can be. And at every single moment of your life, you need to lean forward, fight hard, and just be, you know, don't settle for mediocrity. You know, change, get that change of address form up to uh, Awesomeville and just live there. And, you know, don't be good, but be great. Uh, thank you, sir. Omar? Thank you. Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to say uh, thank you to the men and women who are still out there fighting the, the good fight and um, are currently overseas all over the world. Uh, and, you know, to the listeners who are tuning in, to uh, just thank you for all the love and the support and, you know, hope we uh, you can get involved to what we got going on here with Birds Eye View and 22 Kill. And uh, most of all, just thank you so much for the love and support. That's that's primarily the, uh, the only thing I can say is, the continued support that we get from the community makes it all worthwhile to what we do. It, uh, it's Americans that step up and, and care about us that make us feel great for everything that we've done in our service and continue to do for our communities. All right. Thank you. Ryan Birdman, now you have the, the last of the four. I love it. No pressure. You know, ultimately <laughs> for me, I would say, you know, if you want to say thank you to a veteran or first responder, now, a simple way to do that is to go to the birdseyeviewproject.org and look at the website, look at the charities that we are supporting and highlighting, and learn about them. Become an advocate to help veterans and first responders. Each one of these charities support different injuries, and you can be an ambassador and an advocate just to say, hey, you're dealing with some struggles. You need to contact 22Kill. You're dealing with burn injuries. You need to contact Sons of the Fly. You're dealing with amputation injury. You need to contact Adaptive Training Foundation. You need to look into all of these different organizations to see what they support, what they're about, and then direct people that you will meet in your lifetime to these organizations for help. You can change the world for that veteran just by simply doing that. So go to birdseyeviewproject.org, learn about these organizations, and then pass the word on, share the word. That's how you get things out there, and that's how we change the world. And go to prestonwood.org slash 22 pushups and come join our 22 push-up challenge on May 31st, 10 to 11. If you're not there, we'll, we'll come. We'll, I don't even know. We'll just come kick your butt because we're veterans. That's what we do. But ultimately get there. An hour of your time to support veterans um, and learn about veteran suicide and how you can help. Let's do it. Let's all make a, a, a real effort to get out there. Let's break that world record. And uh, before too long, you'll be seeing these guys full face in front on the uh, big screen. And then I'll be asking each one of them for autographs. So we sure appreciate your time having us here to tell our story and uh, continue to support Bird's Eye View. We really appreciate it. No problem at all. And let us know on it when it's getting close to that uh, event. And uh, we'll be sure to get it on the air. And gentlemen... Uh, once again, I'd like to thank you for your service and, and, and your time. And I know Bill has a comment. Bill? Well, thanks, gentlemen, for your service and dedication to this great nation of ours. Thank you for your continued service to veterans. And uh, I always believe and I, and I hope that there's the, the same kind of thinking that we will get to where we need to be when we serve each other. So it's veterans serving veterans that gets us uh, to where we need to be in the end. Amen to that. 
All right. I want to say thanks to all our listeners and supporters. And remember, we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, on any mobile device. I'm Gary Ray, along with my co-host Bill and our guest, Ryan, Jacob, John, and Omar. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you.